ask the question if I hunt out there anymore um, I, the answer was yes I do but I don't go out in the swamp anymore um, both of us uh, took our stands down and uh, left them they're, they're, they're out there on the ground um, but we, we with, you know our intent was to go back but we never did so you said typically to get back to that area is about an hour and a half walk I assume that when you say you still hunt that area, but you don't hunt the swamp, that you're you're hunting closer to the car. To your car. <laughs> yeah. Um, at any time, do, does it seem like all of the uh, all the experiences, all of the the weird um, uh, stacking of the rocks and the um, the fences, did that all did that all take place very near the swamp? Yes, it's a border. Do you ever notice anything odd or out of place, like in the area that you're you're currently hunting? You yeah, know, like on the way in, we see uh, we don't see the rocks so much, but we see the sticks still to this day. And I've had really? I've had uh, since this has all happened, um, I had I've had at least one other counter out there um, that was pretty scary. Well, tell me about that. Um, so it was about two years later. Um, Two, two, so two years after the that it all happened, um, I was out going out alone, which we typically don't do. Um, my brother-in-law kind of have an agreement. To, you know, we both have an agreement together that we, we hunt it together. Um, because of this? Yeah, yeah. And I have one other daughter that has hunted out there with me since. Um, and you'll hear from her in a little bit. But she, uh, we hunt, basically hunt back-to-back. Um, she's on one side of the tree more or less, or just a few trees back. And then I'm, I'm right here, but we keep each other close. Um, but on this other instance, um, I was walking in, uh, it was dark, uh, early in the morning. And, um, I noticed that I was being followed by something. And so I, I stopped long enough to, to text my wife and tell her, this is where I'm headed. This is what's going on. If something happens, this is where you're hopefully going to find me. And she start looking here. Yeah. She responded back with, why don't you turn around and come back? Um, the reason I told her I wouldn't was because I had already gone through all the, the really thick stuff where I felt very vulnerable. 
and where I was headed next was more open woods, so I didn't feel as vulnerable. Um, so as I went through, uh, I, as I told her, I'm not going back through that stuff. You know, I'm going to continue on. Um, I'm, I have actually have a, a hilltop that I sit on, and I have a valley on either side, so I feel a little bit better. Um, so I continued on there. As I, I got to that spot, um, I noticed that I could hear one of them walking on one side of the valley of me, and the other was walking on the other. I thought there was only one. turned out there was two. Um, and I'm looking into the swamp. We're still close to the swamp. We're not in it. <laughs> and um, they both continued on into the water, which is about 50 yards or so, maybe a little more out in front of me. Um, as I was sitting there in my chair, because I had everything set up at this point, and, and I know we're not supposed to do this, but with two beings of some sort walking around me, I'm loading my gun. Um, I was pretty nervous. Um, so I, they're out in front of me and they started screaming, um, kind of back and forth at each other. And it was the exact same scream that we had heard two years prior on opening day. Um, and what really got my attention was the fact that when the first one screamed, animals in the woods ran everywhere. You could hear the commotion in the leaves. You could hear things getting out of that area. They knew whatever that was, was dangerous. But what really got my attention, and to this day makes me wonder, was squirrels left their nest, came down the trees, and ran. Why does a squirrel leave its nest? That just blew my mind. I could not wrap my mind around why a squirrel would leave the safety of a high tree nest to run away on the ground. So um, it screamed a total of, of five times. And Now, I, do you think it, it, you said they were screaming back and forth at each other? Is that the impression that you got that they were communicating between the two of them, or were they both trying to affect you being there they they seem like they were communicating you know because it was like one would do something then the other would would respond um i'm sure they were trying to scare me and they were doing a good job at it so um were you able to pinpoint a, a an area that you thought that they might be yeah i did and i had i turned my flashlight on too but i could not i mean i had had my flashlight the whole time they were walking through the valley and i couldn't find them I couldn't figure out where they were, um, so I never saw them. What do you guess? How how close do you think they were? In the valley, they were probably hundred yards out. You know, uh, maybe a little more. Um, but like I said, I couldn't find them with my with my flashlight. Um, and then in the in the swamp when they're in front of me, they're about fifty sixty yards out. So they had come up pretty close. Um, I managed to get one of the screams uh, recorded on my phone. You know, after the first one went off, I'm panicking trying to get my phone because it was buried in layers. Um, but I, I got one, uh, so that was something. So, and it was uh, you sent me that email. I did with that. So that was that was the uh, the second thing out there. Now, after what was what was interesting too is, um, you know, I could hear them moving around prior. And I could hear them screaming, and then it went silent, which was terrifying because I didn't know where they went. I didn't know if 
they were sneaking up. I didn't know if they left. And uh, all the way till daylight, I, I never saw them or heard them again. I don't know where they went. So it was it was pretty terrifying. What was the walkout like? I was very cautious. I, I kept thinking, um, especially in that area that's pretty dense, um, I kept thinking that I was going to get rushed. You know, and even to this day, um, did you I feel still, like you were being paid, or, or did, could you hear? Were you being paced on the way out as well? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think I told you the, the as I took a step, you know, I, I knew it was something was behind me. I knew that it was there, and I would stop, and it would. I would hear one more step, and then I would walk a little further, and I would stop, and I would hear one more step, and that was pretty consistent all the way out. Um, because I kept, the, you know, at first I thought something's behind me. I keep hearing something, you know, and then that's when I stopped and I heard the one more and then I kind of tested that and it kept continuing. So it definitely makes you think different. It definitely does. You know, to this day, like I said, we don't, we don't hunt out there anywhere near like we did at all. And to this day, we still find, you know, trees piled up. It doesn't make sense. Um, and some of these trees that we find are, that are broken are huge. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're bigger than my, twice as big as my forearm. When and you say broke, um, d- describe, like, where are they broke at? I mean, is there still the stump and everything's still on the ground? It's just broke off at a certain height or? They'll either be broke off entirely, you know, maybe down near the base where something, it looks like something grabbed it in both sides of it and, t- and just snapped it. Or, or bend it back and forth. Um, we, we have a, f- a few that we find that are bent over, where they're broken and bent over with things put on them, you know, or, or piled up on them, on the on whatever's touching the ground. Um, it, explain that. What piled up on it. What do you mean? Um, like other branches. Like, again, it's, it's like they're building structures to kind of, like territorial markers is what, I, what I've always, always called it. Road signs. Yeah, to kind of say this is my domain, um, you don't belong here. So we're in, you know, in, like I said. Has the, there ever been anything that was as overt as a, a, a large X or uh, something that you would look at and immediately be like, man, that's that shouldn't be here? There's a couple that look like an X. I think um, my other daughter's kind of table too. Um, that we've seen a couple um, that, that aren't far from where where I sit now. Um, so yeah, there's there, there's definitely some. It's strange. It's strange. You got to go out there sometime, and y- if you look at it, you'll see it. I don't. I won't have to tell you. Look at this. You'll see it. Yeah. All right. Coming to the table is daughter number two. Let's get back to dad for a minute first. Uh, Let's let's go back to the uh, the structures that we were talking about earlier. Okay. So the structures we were talking about during break here, um, they actually look like teepees around the base of the trees. Um, so what they do is they it's like broken branches and they go all the way around. And some of them are bigger than others. Some of them might be you know three four f- foot tall. Some of them might be six foot tall. It just depends what it is. Um, but that's those are the branches where I might have a pine pine branch from a pine tree that's way over there, you know, fifty hundred yards away. Um, so that's kind of more or less what the what the structures are. 
And how prevalent are those? They're, we find them a lot um, throughout the property. Um, and, and then the area where they kind of built, like I, I described it as a fence, mm-hmm. um, that was, that there was a bunch of them built pretty much in a line. And, and it looked like a fence. I mean, it looked like a, a, a fence that somebody would build to say, stay out of my area. And, uh, and that's the ones that we took down. Um, and as we took them down, um, a few days later, went back, and then there was, they were, they were, those were all built back, and there was like another row of them behind that, even yet. So they built them back even bigger. So, so they built two levels. Yeah, like one and you the get front. through the first one, and you're you're faced with another one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you can walk around them because it's just a tree. Right. What would you What would you expect or uh, describe the length? How how far do they? How far does it span? Out from the tree? Yeah. Um, they might be a foot to two to three foot out. It depends on how tall they go. If they're really tall, then they go out further. And these are leaned up against uh, another branch, or are they shoved down into the ground? Um, just leaned up against a tree. So that, yeah, so they're broken off and then just leaned up against a tree. So yeah, we find them all over that property. Yeah, deer don't do that. No. No, I don't know what does that. Raccoons don't do that. Yeah, I'm not taking the time to do that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very odd, you know. And no, no, you. To that, you've you've told me in previous conversations that you, um, I think you you called it a gate or a door, where you'll you'll put something up. Yeah, when I um, so the swamp as I, as I told you, it's really deep. So we we kind of lay log structures. Um, down throughout the as our trail to get out there, um, we have to we, we have to wear chest waders to get out. And even with the logs down, we still have to wear chest waders to get out to that area. Um, it's not as deep out where we hunt at, and there's trees out there, but it's still it's still swampy. Um, but yeah, we take we take tree branches and lay them across ourselves just to kind of indicate whether or not there's been somebody else out there. Um, we rarely ever have them moved, um, but around the area where those were at, they were moved. So something had taken our sticks and used them in the, the structures. Pretty crazy. That is such a, it's such a strange phenomenon. Yep. Yep. And she was out there with us when we found the footprints. And this is daughter number two. Yes. So tell me about that. Um, I just remember walking out and on our way out, we saw these TP structures and we really didn't think anything of it. My dad was like kind of curious as to why somebody would put up or take the time to put up these TP things. Now this is an area that you said earlier that you'd never seen anybody else hunting, even though it was private land or public land. Yeah. The, they don't go out in the swamp. We do see people in the, what we call the mainland area where it's not swampy. Um, we never see anybody out in the swamp, though. Okay. Sorry. Well, you're good. Um, and then once we got out into the swamp and we had found the footprints, my dad was kind of curious, you know, if the footprint was linked to the teepee somehow. Um, but Now, what were, your, uh, what were your thoughts when all that was going on? Um. At first, I wasn't. I thought it was funny. I thought it was a joke. I'm a, and then when my dad um, 
got like a concerned look on his face. I was kind of, I was scared yeah. in a way. Um, but I was really young and I didn't think too much about it. So she's had another experience as well. Are, yeah. are we to that yet or is there more to fill in before that? No, state lands pretty much done with what we've experienced there. Um, but yeah, we've had, uh, we've so, had a so, few now we're, so now we're moving properties. We're moving to home, your current homestead. Yeah. And, uh, that is what about a half hour? Yeah. Half hour drive. Yeah. Half hour drive from the hunting property. Yeah. Yeah. That the hunting property is very swampy. Um, then it's got a mainland area that's higher ground. Um, this is, uh, river bottom, um, and then there's farmland, but there's a lot of woodland too. I noticed that on the way in here, I was surprised. So daughter number two. Um, my dad and I we were heading, getting ready to go to school, like our daily routine, and we both came out to the truck um, at first, and my dad forgot something inside. So we ran back inside and I was looking down at my phone and saw movement out of the corner of my eye. So I, I glanced up and I saw this figure and it was like a human figure, but it was a big human figure. And it walked from the passenger side of the truck to the drive right in front of the truck to the driver's side of the truck. And I heard something to my right. So I looked over and it was my dad coming out of the house. Well, I thought my dad had walked in front of the truck and was getting into the driver's side. And when I realized that it wasn't him, I quickly looked back to my left side to see if it was at the driver's side, but I didn't see anything. And I just hit the lock button. And after I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me and my dad had finally gotten to the passenger or to the driver's side of the truck and climbed in after I unlocked the truck. And I was just like, let's go. We're let's just go. Let's pull out of the driveway and let's leave the house. We got we got to go. We just got to go. And my dad looked at me completely confused and was like, why are you in such a hurry to go? And I mean, he thought it was just because we were going to be late for school and it wasn't until we got to the end of our road that I explained to my dad why it happened. And he spun the truck back around and went back home and was like, why didn't you tell me this while we were getting in the truck? And I'm just like, I was completely terrified. I didn't want to be anywhere near it or see it again. I didn't want any experiences like that again. And um, so when he turned around and went back to the house, I was like, no, 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 no. We need to go to school. We just need to go. We need to not need be near it. But he was, yeah, he, he's the one that kind of, in a way, runs toward something. That, I mean, it's at our home. Right, it sure. It shouldn't be at our home. Yeah. Um, but I know you had asked about why she thought it would be at our house. And in my opinion, I think that we had entered its territory. We had gone to his home or whatever it was, their home. And we had taken down their fence, and it was their way of saying, you have come to my house, and I'm going to show you that I am capable of coming to your house. 
And if you do anything to my family or our species or whatever, I have access and I know where you live and I can come to where you guys are now. Wow. So, yeah. After that, I only been to the swamp once with my dad. And it wasn't even the swamp. It was the land part of it. So You, you think that's what they were doing? Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah, when she told me when we got onto the road, uh, to the end of the road, what it was, I just wanted to get back home quickly and make sure. Was there anybody at home at the time? Yeah. Yeah, there were a what time it was in the morning, correct? You're getting ready to go to school. Um, what were the light conditions? Uh, it was still dark. I remember it being in the winter. Um, so it wasn't easy to see. Snow on the ground? Did you, no. did you happen to see any? No snow. No snow. Can you, can you describe in best detail for me what you saw when you looked out the window of that truck? I saw tall and as it was going in front of the truck headlights were on and as it was going in front of the truck headlights it wasn't like the light was shining through it so it wasn't a shadow of any sort it the light stopped at it and as it walked once it walked past the light the light went back through it was just really tall really dark and it was quick it was a couple seconds as it walked just in front of the truck and my direction changed to the house when my dad walked out do you have any recollection when that when it passed in front of the lights the truck do you remember uh color what color hair or any kind of skin tone or anything that you no not really just all dark yeah and again with the 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 self-illuminated red eyes Mm mm-hmm you notice anything remarkable about the eyes did it look like what you typically see as far as eye shine it just was reflecting a different color no it was clear as day that they were red and i remember going and telling michaela about it and she was like that's similar to what i've seen with the red eyes but the only her difference was he stood up for her for me it was just the same height and he didn't move, he just stared. Can you make a guess as to how tall you think it was? I'm five foot one and it was well over well over the top of me. Um probably more than six feet. But yeah, it was pretty tall. Any lasting effects after seeing that? Um, I don't go out to the cars by myself anymore. <laughs> I wait for somebody to come out with me. Um, and I don't like going out in the morning. I don't let my dog out by herself in the front yard. She goes out with the other dogs. I don't want anything happening to my dogs. I don't want anything happening to me or my family members. Yeah, the whole the whole issue with dogs is a is a strange one because they seem to they seem to be able to sense their presence, they're aggressive towards canine. But the more and more I listen to stories and and read about it, it it seems like that dogs are kind of the bane of their existence. That they're they're capable of knowing they're they're alerting that they're there. 
and they don't want to, they don't want people to know you're there. They're there. And, and that's where their issue lies with dogs and sometimes more aggressive dogs that are not afraid and don't put their tail between their legs and then come, come running back in the house. If they go after them, there are reports of them not faring so well mm-hmm. and then not seeing them again. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it can tear a deer apart. It tearing a dog apart would be no, no issue. And my dog likes to run towards things that she doesn't like. So, yeah, we definitely, um, you know, the the the, the neighbors around the area uh, actually started talking to me about seeing a large monkey uh, around. Um, we have a farmer next door um, who has since passed away, and the the other one has. His, his wife has moved on, um, sold the farm. Um, they stopped in one day while I was getting the mail and asked me if I'd seen the monkey in the back of our property. Um, and that, and that was the first time I had heard it from any of the neighbors. The neighbor on the other side of me said that he had seen a large, what looked like a monkey or an ape on the back of the property and asked if I'd seen it because I know I have game cameras out. Um, it was during the summer. I didn't have any game cameras out at the time. Um, and then, uh, my mom had stopped by one day and she said, you know, Hey, what's that in the back of your property running around? Do you have something back there? And I said, you know, everybody keeps talking about this thing and I haven't seen a thing. Um, it, it, we do, we do till that up from time to time. And I had walked back there and started looking and, uh, found footprints that I think I had sent you those pictures as well. Those are the ones that you sent me that were on the dried strata yeah. that were a little more difficult to see. Yeah. Yep. I had found, found those footprints um, through the tilled area. Um, so we, um, my daughter and I ended up, we put up seven cameras on our house, um, hoping to catch something and to date have never caught anything. So, but it kind of went silent. I mean, nobody has talked about it or seen anything. Since you put the cameras up. Since, and yeah, a little bit before then, but yeah. And, but. and that's, a, that's an, interesting, um, an interesting occurrence that you hear about a lot. Um, some of the theories are that, you know, there are animals that see in different spectrums of light. And if they can see infrared, then those, those cameras that are surrounding your house are putting off an IR light. Mm-hmm. And if they can see it, they'll stay away from it. Yeah. Yeah, and I definitely believe that too because we, um, well, we put the seven cameras up, but we also have two driveway alarms as well. Um, and just a couple nights ago, uh, we had our driveway alarms went off at 11.30 at night. And I grabbed my phone, and from my phone, I can see what our cameras are recording. And I looked at the footage. We had three coyotes, and the whole time the coyotes were there, they were staring at the camera. So we were seeing the coyotes. Um, so I would I would absolutely believe that. I mean, they knew those cameras were there, mm-hmm. just just the way they the way they acted. So I would believe that animals have the ability to see or sense. And I actually have game cameras from the back of the property where deer 
have come up and looked at that's very common looked right into my camera where i have an eyeball basically in the camera or a face of a deer so again you know i, I think it's very possible that, that animals can see the infrared any other happenings around the homestead i don't think we've had any other ones here it's it's basically just been those the the, the two the girls um seeing that um basically ever since we stopped going into the swamp area yeah they stopped showing up that's really true you know and this last season my brother-in-law and i um we we met uh, first thing in the morning and talked about it very uh, in detail you know we weren't seeing any deer in the mainland area um, it was very slow for us this year. And we, you know, we, and we've, we're, we were very successful in, in the swamp. I mean, you can go out there and get deer anytime you want. And uh, we discussed whether or not we wanted to go out there. And I told him I didn't, you know, initially want to. Um, he ended up going out. And uh, he said it was just eerie. It was very strange to be back out there. Because of the prior experience, or was he still feeling that there was something odd about that area? ongoing I, I think prior experience just you know the the fear that we have sure. now not something you'd ever forget no never and uh and then i ended up going out there um once um when it got a little bit colder and things iced up a little bit but um yeah it's very strange very strange to be out there <laughs> or to think about going out there again so the footprints that you talked about at the, the back of your property, roughly how far is that from, from the back of your home? Maybe we own, it's five acres here and it's pretty narrow. So it's, you know, I don't know, three, 400 yards, probably about closer to 400 yards back from the Close house. enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, you know, since then they've, the tree line that uh, my daughter had talked about uh, being alongside the house, uh, we've that's kind of been cleared out now um so that's no longer there uh, which makes us all feel a little bit safer honestly you know it's kind of nice it's always kind of nice to have that that natural fence between you know you and your neighbor's sure, house yeah. um, a little bit of privacy yeah and it looks good you know they're flowering trees or whatever but you know that that stuff coming down was kind of more welcoming than anything just because we felt like that was a travel route gave you a little bit of peace of mind yeah yeah, it's not so dense anymore. So, any any lasting effects from from your experiences? I mean, nightmares, or is it uh, something that you have a hard time letting go of? Uh, for me, yeah, it took a long time before I stopped having nightmares, and it wasn't just me interacting or having some sort of interaction with it. it was my family members were having interactions with it, and it wasn't a good outcome. So I stopped. I tried to stop sleeping as much as as I I tried to become more nocturnal. I would sleep during the day um, if I could, or I wasn't just getting good sleep at all. But yeah, I would tell my dad and my mom about it all the time. And my dad told me to start writing it down. Did you do that? Yeah. But it's been a while since I've had a dream like that. We have one tonight since we're 
you know, there's there's some segment of um, experiencers and uh, researchers, um, by and large, they seem to be on polar opposite ends of what's called the woo. And the woo is typically telepathic communication from the beasts or entities with an experiencer, um, sometimes in the form of uh, implanted thought or or actual words in English. They are sometimes reported to be able to cloak themselves, which I think it was you or, or your sister used the word predator when maybe it was your other daughter when she said mm. uh, was talking about the deer hanging in the tree where they can actually bend light around them or there is some some part of their their hair that is able to absorb the light from around it so that they become less obvious to the naked eye and again these are all things that are considered woo um, accompanying that are balls or rods of light in the woods obviously when it's dark um, and these things typically light up but do not light things around them they don't they don't put off any illumination to what's around them they are just a ball of light or a rod of I know my other daughter and you probably remember this after after she saw the eyes for for a long time she would draw those eyes on paper constantly mm-hmm. um, I think you remember that um, and, and we felt like or I felt like that was her way of dealing with you know the emotions of of seeing those illuminated eyes and it, and it, and it really did I mean I, I know for a long time I would pick up a, a tablet or a piece of paper or something and there'd be eyes drawn on it and I knew exactly who did it so so I wonder when you talk about the other f- the dreams of other family members having encounters with these things if I mean it's a it's a stretch but you know could it possibly be them imposing the idea of what they can do right if you don't stay out of their area which is terrifying well I know it was kind of it's kind of interesting and, and, and really scary this year but when I I had not told her that I was thinking about going back to the swamp this year you know, at all, you know, even just it, it being a day. And uh, she came to me the day before I was going to go out and said, stay out of your tree stand today. I have a bad feeling um, that it's going to fall down. And the only, and, and, and if you go, the, and don't go to the swamp. And I hadn't told anybody that. I hadn't, I mean, I don't even think I had told my wife, the only one I had a conversation with, was my brother-in-law so um i just thought it was really odd that she would would have even brought that up and i asked her about it and she said that she had had a nightmare the night before so your dreams do they seem fairly lucid oh yeah they pretty much go into a lot of detail so when that i had the dream he had gone up in the tree and the wind was blowing and it fell down, and he was in it. So, yeah, I told my mom about it that morning, and she told my dad not about it. And, and I asked my dad later if he had gotten in the tree stand or not. 
She said no, but you stayed out. I did. Which is really hard to do because out there, you know, you carry one in. Yeah. <laughs> you want to use it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely tough. So but yeah, we've we've all you know, I think we've all been affected by it. Like I said, um how does your wife how'd your wife react to any of these? She she's kind of funny. She knows that what we've witnessed is real. Um, she's seen our reactions. She's seen our emotions. Um, she's seen the girls crying about it because um, they have. You know, they've come in like when one came in after seeing the eyes. She was terrified. Um, and so she knows it's real, um, and she's supportive of it. You know, we we were talking about during the break. Um, that before we would see a Bigfoot show on, I would probably pass it over. And today I see something on and I'm going to watch it. Um, not because I, I want to watch it more so because I want to see if somebody found an answer. Um, you know, there's, there's so many questions that I have, uh, having witnessed this and gone through this, that I would love to get answers to the questions we have. Um, I would love for somebody to find evidence to say, yes, this is real. And I can say, okay, now I can accept this, you know, um, you know, we were talking about as a family, um, earlier, in fact, my, my daughter's boyfriend's here right now. And, you know, he, he said, I've never heard any of this. And it's because as a family, we just don't talk about it. Um, we, we don't talk about it with our friends. We don't talk about it with relatives. Um, we just avoid the subject because it, it does affect us so much. Um, and, and sometimes people make fun of us for, you know, telling the story or whatever. Um, but for the most part, we really just uh, keep it quiet because we don't want to bring, open up old wounds, I guess. Well... That being said, I want to I really want to thank you all for talking about this with me because I stated before the the amount of detail that you guys have been able to hold on to and 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 relay is is astounding and the number of incidents and the the widespread I mean from one end of the spectrum to the other and you kind of capped it off with the uh the dreams for me is that's a, that's a, I mean, I don't think that's odd to, to have bad dreams about an, an event that scared you, but to have, to have dreams involving other family members and not be you who experienced it. That to me seems odd. Why would you project that? The idea of that happening to other family members? Well, I'd like to, I'd like to thank both of the daughters for being on the show. Um, We'll have to talk again about maybe getting your brother-in-law yeah. and getting his take on what happened that uh, opening day. I want to thank you, and I promise you that this is not going to wind up being laughed at, and this is going to be uh, a little bit of a voice for you guys being heard by a bunch of people who, who don't think lightly of this subject. Um, the unfortunate thing is I feel that you're being lied to by your government, and government agencies because if they were to 
come out and tell you that yes, these things exist, and yes, they're living in your in your woods. For God's sakes, what what did it do to the forestry industry when they found out about the little spotted owl? Mm-hmm. How many thousands of acres of land had to be left pristine in order for that bird to con- continue to live? If they found out that there was a in in order to in order to have a Bigfoot, that Bigfoot has to have been a baby Bigfoot at one point. Now this sounds ridiculous, but in order to in order to have a a population that can sustain breeding, it's been estimated that there has to be at least five thousand across Northern America. That's that's a that's a significant number. And if you look into it. And you get past just the, the, the pursuit of watching Finding Bigfoot or Expedition Bigfoot. If you, if you get past those, those shows that are designed for entertainment purposes and you start looking down the rabbit hole at actual accounts, you'll find that they're in every state and they're in almost every country. And they go by different names. I mean, almost out of 500... First Nations tribes throughout Canada and North America, almost every one of those tribes had a name for Sasquatch. In fact, Sasquatch is an Indian name. I don't remember which tribe it was, but you know they're, they're hairy man. They're the, the stone giants, which refers to when they uh, would take sap from trees and then put rocks to stick to their fur so that it would give them some basis and, and, and ability to deflect arrows and weapons. Then you get over into Russia and you have the, the Yowies in uh, Australia and the Yetis in Nepal. And they're all, you know, just like we have several different races of human beings, there's different races of, of these beings throughout the world. And if they admit to it, then you have to make the determination, are they, are they an animal? Are they a species of human that uh, evolved not with us, but alongside of us. Do they have rights? The The questions are endless. And it's no no wonder that anybody can get a straight answer or get the truth because of, think about the camping industry. Mm-hmm. Think about the, uh, the sustainable forests, you know, the forestry service, national parks. If you came out and said that these things exist. Right. Who's going to want to go in the Who's going to want to go out? Yeah. It's just good business for the public to not know. And that seems to be the that seems to be the prevailing idea. Yeah. Yeah. When it has all happened to us, I tried to seek answers. You know, I tried to find out and um I couldn't find anything. In fact in fact I was pushed more into not finding out than finding out. Which is why it took us this long to even be willing to talk. So I know you uh, took some doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've asked me for a while and, and, uh, in fact, you didn't even find out cause I told you, you found out from somebody else that yeah. went to you. And, um, then when we talked it, it we've been talking for a while, I guess. Yeah. And it, it has been, it's, yeah. it's been <laughs> probably close to three months at least. Yeah. You finally got me tightened down. And, uh, <laughs> several hours of phone conversation. Yeah. Not to mention emails and text messages. Yeah. So generally you but do we, feel threatened by these things to an extent, but like my dad was saying, when you start looking for answers, you feel more threatened 
by your own species at that point to disclose the whole thing and just kind of live with it. That's a very insightful young lady you have there. <laughs> and it's unfortunate, but I think you're right. Yeah. But we talked about it going in and, you know, my wife was very skeptical with having us come forward and tell our story. And um, she's more worried that about uh, safety, really. And uh, she, um, but we also talked about it as a group and said, you know, if, if our story can help others find some answers or some closure, some closure and that maybe something that they've witnessed, then we're willing to do it. And, and I guess that in closing, I'll impart to you that um, if you're interested in, in, in seeking some, some closure for yourselves, I can recommend uh, a handful of people that are doing just what I'm doing, only on a much larger scale. Um, if you go on YouTube and look at HowToHunt.com. There's a gentleman by the name of Steve Isdale. Uh, he's a guide, a professional guide. And I was telling your dad uh, during one of the breaks. Basically, he was a hunter who started getting uh, um, inundated with emails from other hunters having experiences with these creatures. And his, his hunting job now has been put on hold and literally every two to three days he will put out a YouTube video where he is in um, in and around his area of where he lives in, in uh, Canada uh, with beautiful scenery in the background and he will sit there he'll pull out his phone and he will read two to three experience or emails in each in each episode and it is there's no there's no commentary on the on the email in a derogatory sense. He, he's not making fun. He's not putting this stuff out for any other reason than to give people who, some will give their names and say you can use it, and some people, they don't want their names out there. But he'll read every email, and and it, it's, it's kind of cathartic because it has snowballed into more and more and more, and he, he literally can't keep up with the number of emails of people. And I'm... I'm talking thousands of emails of people who are having these experiences throughout the world, but primarily in Canada and, and North America. Um, also, there's another guy, um, two other guys. One is called Thinker Thunker, and he has a YouTube channel where he goes and takes, um, breaks down video and photographic evidence um, by putting different filters on it and uh, he does a, a an amazing job of of putting locomotion to to the figures that are in the um, in the videos that he's working with and doing a complete breakdown on whether or not the the actual length of limbs are congruent with a human or if they surpass what known human um, dimensions are. And that is, that is how he puts his stamp of approval on videos or photos 
of whether he feels that they somebody's caught an actual or if they're trying to hoax because you know the length of from the shoulder to the elbow or from the knee to the to the ankle um, it differs dramatically from people and even the angle at which your your calf and your knee bends with a with a sasquatch it, it bends at the knee at almost a, a 90 degree angle and the and the legs are always bent and according to Dr. Jeff Meldrum who is a locomotion specialist um, for Idaho State University who is probably the the world's foremost um, expert on track castings he's found that they have a mid-tarsal break which when you take a step, your foot bends where the toes pivot. The mid-dorsal break actually bends at the middle of the foot. And that is congruent with the idea of something that is supporting a, a good deal of weight and something that is traversing over uneven ground. I know you had told me when you looked at my photographs of the feet, mm-hmm. um, I had always thought that the way that the big toe comes back was odd, you know, and, I, and, and questioned that. And, but you had said, you had ex, you know, explained to me that that's actually what they think. Yeah. You know, um, it's more like because of what you just described. And, and uh, so that, that kind of put it in perspective for me. You know, we in our conversations prior based on those photographs because I, I, I always thought that that was a little bit strange. And there's even some evidence, um, video evidence, that may support the idea that they can actually, um, they actually spend some of their time in the trees and that quite possibly with that toe being, the big toe being lower, it's, it's more in line with what we would recognize as far as a chimpanzee or a, orangutan, something in a, of a simian nature, which would allude to possibly being a hybrid between something more human and, but still holding on to some of the relic of, of being ape. Right. And the fact that the squirrels, you know, like I said, that, that'll never leave my mind. You know, I'm always thinking about the fact that squirrels leaving the nest, why? You know, so that tells me that they can get up in the tree. You know, and then the, with the, the deer parts up in the tree that we found, yeah. you know, they've got to be able to get up to retrieve that. So um, my guess is that it, it just gets strewn up there by pure strength. And if it's not just a display to to be a show of to intimidate you, if it is actually something that they're they're planning on retrieving, then, yeah, they would have to be able to climb the tree. Um, again, I want to thank all of you. Thank you for having me in your home. I appreciate it. Hopefully I didn't open up any wounds that, uh, are going to, I'll give you my cell number. If you have a bad dream, tonight. <laughs> I'll let you call me and wake me up in the middle of the night and say, you dirty bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I certainly appreciate it. And hopefully this will bring some kind of, uh, solace to some people who have had these kind of experiences as well. Sure. Happy and, to help. Uh, like I said. Definitely not salt on the wound. Give some closure to a 
like I said, with being afraid of this species that you are actually considering is out there and you're afraid of your own species at this point to open your mouth. So having a chance to tell the stories and feel like you're being listened to, I'm sure going to be comforting. It's not only been comforting to us, but it'll help other people out. So we have to do it. Well said. All right, guys. Thank you you. so much. I appreciate it. My belief in this phenomena was already firmly rooted. But after looking into the eyes of this family while they relived their experiences, I left their home shook. My expectations? I'd feel some elation having listened to the most compelling eyewitness account I'd ever heard. Instead, I felt a sadness. I felt their desperation for answers. I felt their fear. Fear.